0: Hey y'all and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm Callie and I'm here with my
1: co-host Elise. Hello everybody. Hi guys. It's How June. You? It is. Can you believe?
0: No. I genuinely cannot believe <laughs> that we're in the month of June after I, just all of this.
1: I can't either. I was at... I Honestly, don't remember where I was at, but there was like a calendar. Maybe it was at the tailor, and she was like cross had all the days crossed off, and it was literally like the end of May. And I was like, <gasps> What? What's happening? I know it's honestly
0: crazy, um, so crazy that my cat's in the background screaming like a <laughs> wild thing. So if you can hear a little, it's so funny. Our neighbors across the hall keep thinking that Andrew and I have a baby, and I'm like, No, that's my cat. <laughs> That's my, he is my child, but just not human. Um, so sorry if you guys hear a little squealing in the background, there's nothing I can do about it. So we're
1: we're making do we're making deal with
0: it. Just deal with it. Um, all right. I think it's sparkle time.
1: Okay. I'll go first because I love my sparkle this week. Um, I got to, I got to meet one of my clients in real life. IRL. Isn't that what they say? (laughs) yeah that's what they say um it was so great we went and had like a little like get together and we had like a drink and some appetizers it was just so nice and it was Felt like surreal, honestly, because we've been working together for maybe like a little over a year and we have such a great relationship. And then to like meet her in person and to like touch her and hug her. I was just like, this is brings life and joy into my heart. It just like totally filled my cup up and was just like exactly what I needed. So it was just so nice. I love that about blush. I know
0: that in so many other therapeutic relationships, namely if you have a therapist or a counselor, you know, they follow HIPAA guidelines and there's all these ethical standards, like to the point where if you see your therapist in public, they can't acknowledge you. If you acknowledge them, they still might feel weird about it. And it's not because counselors don't love you. It's because they're afraid of getting their license revoked or something happened. And And it is for people's privacy. And I get that, but at blush, what I'm obsessed with, and this is something that I decided upon, so I hope other people like it too, but I think I, I decided with the technology, we were going to act like we were HIPAA, like just make it as confidential, ironclad, all of that stuff as possible. Like people are like, can you check my account? And I'm like, I literally can't. Like I, not only that, my engineer can't even read yeah. your chats. Like no one can read them except for you and your coach. That's it. Um, but on the other side of it, it's like, you know what? I kind of want people to make the relationship, whatever they want it to be. So if you have a client that's open to meeting you, I, I mean, I'm all for, I mean, gosh, you know, Gabby who you better be listening, Gabby, you better be listening. She, you know, She's been one of my longest time clients and and we've seen each other basically once a year, except for 2020, I have another client who I just absolutely adore. And she was planning a trip to Los Angeles and she was like, can, do you think we could meet if I can? I'm like, Oh my God, book it now, book it now. I want to meet you. I just think it's so special to be able to do that.
1: Well, that's the great thing about coaching. Like you mentioned, there's not these like ethical guidelines where you're like scared to lose your license, like genuinely. And like. Through the process, like I you you can self-disclose as a coach and it, I think that it just builds the relationship and makes it feel so much more like a friendship because that's exactly what it is. And it's genuine and it's real and it's just so beautiful. I love it so much and it's just so cool to be able like genuinely some of my clients are my best friends. Like it's just it's so cute and it's great. And I'm just so blessed to, you know, have such a support system and community within at my job, you know, like I never would have imagined that, but it's just the most amazing thing. So yeah. hats off to you, Callie. Cause.
0: Oh, thanks. I mean, I always, whenever I'm in therapy, I'm always like, can I know anything about you? Like, it makes me feel so weird that I'm me sitting here talking to someone. And I know nothing about them. Yeah. Um, and so I never wanted that. I, I always feel like self-disclosure builds. Like some people are like, self-disclosure is distracting or it makes people think about it. it's like, in our context, though, with the coaching context, you know, obviously we're not talking about intense traumas or, you know, anything too, too, too severe. We're talking about pretty normal, you know, yeah. issues that most people face. I always felt like it, it built the relationship. Like, it's like, I trust you. You trust me. We're in this together. It's not like I yeah. spent, you know, 15 minutes about me and 15 minutes about you, but I right. do like that. You know, um, even today where I was ending a session with one of my longtime girls and she's like, okay, just checking in, give me three minutes. What's going on with your life. Tell me. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, but it's like, it's not the whole time. She just, she just wants some context. Where is Callie right now so that I can get a sense of how you're doing. And I just, I love that about I really
1: do. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, self-disclosure in the sense of like, you know, it's helpful. It's helpful to normalize hard things, you know? And I think it's not like we just blurt it out for no reason. It's always always on topic. (laughs) We don't start the session and I'm like, so let me tell you what Carl did last night. You know, it's (laughs) like, but if, if my client's like, Oh my God, my husband's annoying. I'm like, should we like have snacks and have this conversation and talk about our husband's big before should, should
0: we pour a glass of wine and get this show on the road? Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. I love it. Good, good, good. Great what's, sparkle. I told yo? you your, your sparkles are going to be sparklier. I know. I love it. What's your sparkle? Um, okay. So happy pride, everyone. Woo! Happy pride. It is the month of June. We are here. We are queer and we are ready to some fun stop I love it um, yeah so I've not been quiet about the fact that my friend group in my you know in Los Angeles is uh very LGBTQ they identify as LGBTQ so it is our month to celebrate and my sparkle is basically it's kind of twofold it's like one I really just like love being embraced in my in my friendship group they don't I was saying I was saying earlier it's not it's like they handle me with care they do but you know I'm, I'm not going through the easiest of times and it's kind of nice to be treated not even like a normal human being but like kind of getting like punched around and pushed around because they they're just like i'm part of this community where you know gosh even a decade ago they couldn't get married legally And, you know, my city, West Hollywood, was what everyone called the dying city because it was a city where gay men literally came to die from Mm -hmm. HIV AIDS. And it just had such a sad origin story. And now I get to go outside and see rainbows everywhere and little men dancing in little thongs and having the time of their lives and just being celebrated the way that they should be. Um, and I get to live, I get to participate in it. And, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't totally identify as straight. Like I'm definitely somewhere on the Kinsey spectrum. Okay. Like, I- So it's it's not like I'm like, pride is about me. Okay. As like a white blonde lady married to a man, pride is about me, but it's, it's more just like, I love being so included in the community. So yeah, it's just been, it's been a blessing to be around a lot of people who understand what it's like to feel like life isn't going their way for something they can't change. Mm -hmm. And it just makes my problems so small and they know exactly how to handle it. They're basic, they fight everything with humor. And so, and humor brings perspective for me. So it's just like, I get to feel like myself. I don't have to feel like I'm walking on eggshells when I'm talking to people about what's going on. They're just Mm -hmm. like, like their comment is always, Oh yeah. Like, you know, let's, can you double up your fertility meds? You can have five babies, one for each of us. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're not having kids, but we would like one. So come on, Callie, like take one for the team. And I'm like, that is so fucked up. And like the exact like wrong thing to say to someone going there. But it's so funny that you can't help but laugh and be like, wait, this is hilarious. Like why not everything has to be so serious. So twofold. I mean, happy pride. I'm just so grateful that our generation is one where everyone can love and ideally not be discriminated or shamed for it and instead celebrated for it. And the second is just a big thank you to not only my neighborhood and my city, but my special friend group for including me and just making me feel so really just happy, like just having a glass of wine and laughing and just again, putting everything into perspective. It's been great.
1: I'm so jealous. I like all the time. I'm like, I'm, I'm packing my shit up and I'm moving to the gamerhood. I'm coming I know. to LA.
0: Can you tell my Memorial day weekend was just a thousand white claws and a bunch of fabulous gay men. <laughs> you, literally sent me a video.
1: you sent me the video of everyone. I was like, oh, I'm literally so jealous.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's always <laughs> my, my life. It's so fun. It's so So fun. fun. So yeah, happy pride, everyone. I love it. Happy pride. Pride. Okay. Let's get into today's letter.
1: Okay. Let me pull it up real quick. Hold on. I am not prepared. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So, of course, my computer. Okay, there we go. Dear Blush. I think I'm reaching a breaking point and really need some advice or clarity to help me move forward. For context, I'm a 25-year-old woman living in a big, expensive city. I've always wanted to live here, and it felt incredible to finally secure a job so I could pack up and move to my perfect place. I love it here, and I love the friends I've made. The problem? Everything is so expensive. I love my job, but it doesn't pay what I'd like for it to. I'm lucky in that I know if I stick it out, I'll hopefully be promoted and make more money down the road. I know not every career is structured like this, so I am grateful for that. But for the meantime, I feel like living is impossible most days. I make enough to pay for my bills, rent, utilities, cell phone, and groceries. And I'm lucky that my job offers me great health insurance at a very low cost. While sometimes I find this all to be normal, I can't help but to look around around coworkers and see their lives look drastically different than mine. They go shopping, go out to eat routinely, take nice vacations, and are all And are so well groomed, I feel like I'm a child living amongst adults. They never fret about splitting up the check evenly, even when I'm constantly trying to order cheap items so I can afford my share. And live in such nice places, I don't understand how their jobs can even cover half of their rent. What am I missing here? It's not like I even have student debt because I got a full ride to college. I'm not sure if I need to ask for a raise because I'm being severely underpaid or if being in credit card debt is the new norm or what the answer is. All I know is that I feel so far behind. I hate constantly stressing about money and I hate the effect it has on my friendships. I would love to be able to go out and celebrate every birthday and milestone in my my friendships, but it adds up and month after month i'm barely covering it all. i guess my question is is this normal and if it is, how do i get past the brewing resentment i can't seem to push aside. i don't want money controlling my life but at this point it's all i ever think about and i'm terrified i will never make enough to keep up. from money trouble.
0: hey money trouble. hey girl. hey girl.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we get you. <laughs> Sit down in between us and let us (laughs) tell you a little story. (laughs) Let's talk. Of 24-year-old Callie moving to Los Angeles and not understanding how difficult it was going to be. So, okay, let's see here. I'm scared I'm never going to make enough to keep up. That is valid because you won't. And that is just the reality of the situation. So that's let's get that off the list. What am I missing here? What am I missing here? You are missing parents and credit card debt is what you're missing. So you are forgetting that you are 25 years old. And I'm willing to bet the majority of your friends are still getting allowances, still getting pick-me-ups, whatever, from parents, trust funds, whatever, you name it. Um, or, you know, there's lovely credit cards with huge spending limits. I remember being like 26. No, 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 no. I was like 23. Cause I was working at Nordstrom and I took out a Nordstrom credit card, I think. Cause we had to, okay. Details are fuzzy. And it was like a $10,000 spending limit for a Nordstrom <laughs> shopping card. And I was That's- like dangerous. This is insane. I remember thinking like, this is why the economy collapsed (laughs) (laughs) like this right here. This is crazy. What, what do I need $10,000 for at North? Like, why do I need that free reign? That's, that's crazy. So you're missing a lot is basically what I'm saying. You've got a fraction of the story here and you're using it to make you feel bad about yourself or like mm-hmm. you're the one who's not normal. I mean, the fact that she said, I think she even says I'm barely covering it at all. It's like, holy shit. The fact that you're covering anything <laughs> at all in the first place is kind of a miracle at age 25. Yeah. So, um, is this normal? I mean, I guess I'm not really sure what, which side of the story she's asking, but is it normal to be 25 living in, I'm assuming here, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, you know, maybe Miami, um, and have an amazing lifestyle at age 25. No, I mean, of course that's not normal, but here's the thing that I'll say, and this is from experience living in one of those cities. Um, we attract rich people (laughs) because the city expensive and there's a reason everyone wants to live here it's you know for los angeles it's on the beach it's amazing for new york the culture the hustle bustle for san francisco the tech for miami i guess the beach again you know and i guess hollywood also has like the movie star you know movie whole cachet um so it attracts as we say, a certain clientele and that clientele has probably got money up to their eyeballs, doesn't know how to spend it. And cities are a great, you know, resource to do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is, is this normal? No, because living in that kind of environment, first of all, is not normal. That's not the average American experience. Um, and two, Yeah. The reason you're wondering, I don't understand how their job covers half the rent. I mean, girl, they're lucky if it probably covers a fourth of it, if anything at all. That's the biggest kept secret. Oh my gosh. When Andrew and I first moved to LA, it was astonishing how many of our friends' parents paid their rent. And it made me feel so much better when I found that out. Because I was like, oh, I get it. You're working with like already a $2,000 like leg up. You know, Listen, on
1: us. Yeah. I went to visit, um, one of my friends, uh, and we stayed at her boyfriend's apartment in San Francisco and it was literally a studio apartment and it was $4,500 a month. Oh yeah. I believe it. months a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I don't even want to tell you how much my mortgage costs. I mean, it's, uh, it's okay. Fine. It's not that, but it's still insane. How much real estate is um yeah. in these bigger cities and then you're not even talking about the markup at restaurants you're not even talking about the fancy club and scene if that's for you not for me not gonna lie um or you know anything else really just the fact that you know i i when i got here too birthdays were a huge thing i was like are we serious like i know that birthdays <laughs> were like oh you're over it when you're like 22 and they just disappear <laughs> everyone through like a huge bash or expected you go to like a really nice dinner for their birthday when we got out here and i was like I'm sorry. Blush makes like barely any money a month and might not survive as a business. Cause this was back in like 2014 and Andrew, my, my husband's, oh, I'm sorry. My boyfriend is working in the mail room at a talent agency for $10 an hour. Yeah. Don't think we're going to make it have fun
1: girl. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And it's when you think about it, if you're 25 years old, I mean what you just graduated from college and pretty much all jobs that you get right out of college pay not a lot of money, right? Like I, my first job out of college didn't, you know, I mean, mine did. Cause I was a bartender and it was bomb. So,
0: but you know, that's one of those jobs where a lot of people look down on that, right? Oh my God. I will never forget. Okay. Talk about generational wealth, which we haven't even gotten there yet, but I remember being in Dallas and bartending it when I was in grad school and these I'm sorry, I'm gonna do it. But Highland Park kids walked in. I recognized some of them from college, and the look on their faces when they saw me behind the bar. Now, granted, this was a nice bar. Okay, I was yeah, a to... vest and a tie. Okay, I was fancy as fuck. And they walked in, and you could just tell they were so uncomfortable and embarrassed for me that I was pouring their drinks, and I. I felt like I wanted to defend myself, like, "Oh, I'm in graduate school. Like, this isn't my job." And I stopped myself because I was like, "This is so stupid. Why am I embarrassed? Like, why is anyone uncomfortable with this situation?" I'm probably making more money than you are right now. You know, like, yeah, I'm 24 and killing it because of, you know, Highland park people spend money. Like there's no tomorrow, which brings me back to my point because they have money because their daddy had money and their daddy's daddy had money and their daddy's daddy, daddy had money. And like, uh, so no, you're not going to keep up with that, that there, you could work every hour of your life from here on out and still not even scratch the surface of how much money these people have. And it's, I discovered this at university of Texas. I discovered this again at Southern Methodist university. I discovered this working in Highland park and then cherry on top and sealed. The deal was moving to Los Angeles. I mean, Mm -hmm. there is just this population of people that have a completely different existence than I ever will. And that this letter writer ever will, it's just, it's unfathomable. And if you're comparing yourself to them, this is my favorite saying, apparently in this podcast, it's a losing battle.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I can, I feel like what our letter writer is currently going through. I feel like I'm also now like experiencing this for the first time in my life because I, I mean, I grew up very blessed. My parents, you know, helped me out until I got married. I mean, they still do help me out. Let's not lie. Like they, <laughs> they definitely are very generous and I'm so grateful and so blessed, but it, I mean, like I can think back to, you know, college where I had friends and roommates who were working five jobs and were $100,000 in debt for college tuition. And I didn't even, I mean, it was privilege. I mean, that's exactly what it was. But I couldn't even wrap my mind around it because I'm like, oh, like if I want to go on a vacation, like I just ask my mom and like I go on a vacation. Like it, and it, now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, you were so fucking stupid, Ali. Like, you know, you don't, it's just, if that's the way that you live, like that's just what you know, you know, and you don't really know anything different until you experience it or you have someone else who's who've experienced it. I know when Carl and I got together and we're just like exchanging stories, like it was just mind blowing to me that like Carl had a Carl worked at Burger King at 13 years old. Oh my God. So did Andrew. What? He worked at Burger King. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's cute. I like yeah, that.
0: Has like a like a like a very um uh, sweet spot for a whopper. And I'm like, oh, I don't know so Carl. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's so yeah. funny. That's so funny. Oh yeah, it's I mean, it's just wild because I feel like I came from one end of the spectrum with, you know, a family and the way that I grew up. And, you know, Carl came from the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And so I feel like when we, you know, I never really understood the value of a dollar. And Carl always felt like he was trying to keep up with the Joneses and always comparing himself to other people. He, Carl used to tell me that he, um, everybody at school had like Nike shoes and he got like sneakers from Walmart and drew a a swoosh on them. And everybody made fun of him because he like, didn't have real Nikes. And he was like, no, they're special edition. (laughs) Nikes." So my my heart, I,
0: okay. I did that once. I, so I always grew up. Yeah. My parents were very much into living in like the best school district they could. So whenever I say like, you know, I uh, grew up in gross point, which if you are familiar with Michigan is a very like high end old money, like community, which of course we did not fit in. And then, which I, I love my friends from there, but I mean, it's privileged as hell. And then South Lake, Oh my God. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. But you know, we were we were what my parents always called house poor. We didn't have a lot of money to throw around. I was never wearing the nice clothes or the cool stuff. And like, the, you know, I probably presented as such because I think I had confidence and didn't know any better. Like, I didn't know what, um, all my friends had the same jeans with the same insignia on the back. And I didn't know what it was until it was college and it was citizens. My friends were wearing citizen jeans in high school. You know what, I, you know what brand I was wearing? Kirkland. <laughs> And I still am proud of that Costco's the shit. I mean, I just was so oblivious. It did not hit me until I started making my own money. And that's when, because I thought when I make my own money, then I can buy all the things that I want and it's going to be fun. And then you realize not even freaking close, like, yeah. you no, know, because you have to pay for your rent and you have to pay for your cell phone. I mean, I got kicked off my family plan. I think when I was, I don't know, like 21, like I, it was right after college. It was like, all right, the jig is up. Right. And yeah. that's when I got the bartending job and I did live at home for a little bit. So I was helped out in that sense. And of course I got the initial investment into blush, which is huge. And that came, you know, for, it was an angel investment situation, which families included in that. So not trying to paint a picture, Okay, that I did not have help or that I am not privileged because I absolutely am. However, I relate to this letter a lot because my, I feel like my social circle was always going to luxurious trips. And I mean, I was talking to Andrew the other day and, you know, part of my, I don't know. I, I I can't kick this feeling that I'm a little bum that, you know, Andrew and I have never really gone on a vacation. Just the two of us. We went to Portland once, but then we ended up seeing my grandparents on that end of that. And then our honeymoon was completely botched because of the home buying process, which woe is me. We got to buy a home in Los Angeles. I mean, right. This why I don't tell the story that often because it makes, I don't like the way it sounds, but it's still true. I, I fantasized about having my, like working and making money and then being able to do all these cool things and that's just mm-hmm. not really how my life has been and that's because I made choices that I'm proud of but it still stings still mm-hmm. to this day right because I'm like oh my god if we have a kid this is never going to happen god damn it you know like that's mm-hmm. that's where I'm at I wanted to be able to pay for a nice vacation to Mexico and you know I'm still maybe one day but that is the reality of being an adult and paying for yourself and not taking, you know, financial assistance from other people. And honestly, choosing to live in a big, expensive city, which I don't have to do in money trouble, neither do you.
1: Mm-hmm. These are choices
0: that we actively make. And that's what you're going to have to start accepting. These are choices. So if you think that going into credit card debt is worth, you know, going to or you know, if you think the shopping and the going out to eat is worth 75k in credit card debt, be my guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think credit card debt is something that is unavoidable for our generation a lot of times, but I think, but it's not because of going out to eat and shopping. I'm just going to say that it's because of coming up to a really, really difficult time, and you you need to get out because they don't have the support to do though to do so. And credit card is the you know the only way to get out of it. That's not this. Mm -hmm. So I just want to create some perspective here. You're talking about a lot of luxury things that frankly, most adults never get to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, it is what it is.
1: But the context too, right? Like people don't go around talking about like, I mean, I didn't go around saying like, oh yeah, my, my mom, my mom and my dad pay for my apartment and they pay for literally everything. And I don't have any money to my name unless it's my parent, you know, like people don't go around saying that, right? Like, so I'm sure, you know, it might, I don't know what her money troubles friend group looks like, but maybe having like frank conversations and just like, you know, if your friends would be willing to like, I mean, that's like, one of those taboo topics, right? Like you don't talk about money. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about sex, whatever. But I well, think you don't talk about money. If you have it,
0: if you don't have money, I think you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least sometimes. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like maybe this 25 year old girl needs to go find other hustler friends. Maybe yeah. She's hanging around. And that's fine. I don't, again, I don't think we should punish people for having money or not having money. That's not cool. It's not what I'm asking you to do but it might be nice to find some like-minded people who understand the struggle and the hustle of trying to make it on your own as a 25 year old in a big city. And it's gotta be tough to be surrounded by a bunch of people who maybe don't know the value of the dollar, but it seems like they have no interest in knowing. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think, I mean, I, I definitely heard throughout her letter, like she needs someone to normalize this for her. Right. Like I think a a lot of the time when you're, uh, you know, entering adulthood, I, t- I text Callie all the time. I'm like, Hey, is this normal? And she's like, yes, welcome to being a fucking adult. Like oh, I have snacks, you know, <laughs> but it's, that's the thing. It's like when you're, you're entering into the unknown of adulthood and adulting is hard and life is even harder. And then it's like, when you don't have, people and support that you can have frank conversations about like what's normal. If you don't have that, then you're kind of like aimlessly wondering like, am I doing something wrong? Is this how the rest of my life is gonna be? Right. Like you need that perspective.
0: Agree. I totally agree. And you know, I'm gonna steal this from you. Don't care. I got there first. Elise said something a few podcasts ago that something earned feels so much better than something mm-hmm. given. And yes. I think that's completely true here. And so I've got two things for you and the first one would be to establish your own goals so i'm getting a lot of my friends do this my friends do this my friends do this and as elise just said is that normal we've already established no but if you're living in a big city around rich people then yeah <laughs> that's normal i i can also validate that i see it every day i mean you can can't even imagine how packed these boutiques in los angeles are so even on rodeo drive and i'm sitting here i'm like do you know that's over like overly priced because it's on rodeo okay never mind you know got it you just still want to do it cool so you know <laughs> I do think that if you are anchoring your goals and your friend's choices, then you're always going to be playing catch up and it's always going to be keeping up with the Joneses and no, you're never going to make enough to keep up. So the reality is going to end up being that money starts driving every decision that you make. Like, I don't know, marriage, be careful of that. And then, you know, or maybe credit card debt, like it's kind of, you almost turn into a company and you can either can go public (laughs) Right or be bought out. Yeah, so you can go. You can have the credit card company ta- you know take over your debt, or you can hopefully find someone to bail you out of it. And then that's a power dynamic I don't think you want to really go down. So yeah. you're gonna have to start establishing your own goals. What do you want your life to look like? Do you? I'm sure these fancy restaurants are fun. I'm sure going shopping is fun. Vacations are fun. So let's get practical about it. What do you want to start saving towards? What do you want to start earning towards? Like, what are your career goals? I, I You're probably not underpaid. Girl, you're 25. You've been working mm-hmm. for a second. I highly doubt that you're being that underpaid. I mean, hell, I will say sometimes companies take advantage of young workers. I'm not trying to diminish that, but that's not what we're talking about here. You can pay all your bills. And yeah. it seems like you're going to, out to stuff and you're just not saving. Like, I hate, you know, you're fine. It actually sounds like you're in great shape if you're able to stay afloat with all of this madness happening around you. Yeah. Um, so once you establish your goals that are anchored in your friends' lifestyles, the second thing I want you to do is create boundaries. You've got to get over the idea that saying no because you can't afford it is shameful. Mm-hmm. Like, get get over it. Get over it. Yesterday. Uh, you don't even have to say that you can't afford it. Even I love doing that because it makes it so relatable and sometimes uncomfortable. <laughs> and so people get all squirmy and I'm like, yeah, sorry, I'm not going to blow $2,000 on a weekend. And they're like, it won't cost that much. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> we both know that it will, and I'm not participating, but figure out the boundaries that you're comfortable with setting. Maybe you want to go to some of these things. Maybe you want to go to all of them, but being adult sometimes is about choosing what serves us best and saying mm-hmm. no to things that don't, even though we don't want to have to say no.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you mentioned that sense of like pride, right? Like not not feeling shameful and feeling, you know, when you're working towards something that you are investing, right? Like every purchase now that I am an adult and I'm actually like budgeting out my life, which is like a whole new world for me genuinely. And it's stressful. I mean, and I still have a safety net and it's fucking stress, stressful, you know,
0: Absolutely.
1: but I think having, you know, the money that I make, I put it towards what I want it to go towards versus I've definitely had times where I've just had some money and I was by a mall and I walked in the mall and I just bought shoes from Nordstrom because I could not because I wanted to, or needed them, you know? And I think it's just now that I'm in this place, I'm so much more intentional about what I'm buying and why I'm buying it and how it fits into my lifestyle. And if it's going to be a good investment or if it's not. And I just think that's, it's been such a blessing for me to kind of like have that opportunity and that experience because I just value what I'm getting. And I have that sense of pride, right? Like, I'm like, my mom came over. I'm like, do you want to see the chair that I bought? Like with my own, my own money? Like I worked hard for this. She's like, so proud of me. I'm like, I know it's exciting. It is
0: exciting. It is exciting. And you know, on the first podcast, We did a question game and we asked the question, what is the difference between living and existing? And the answer that both of us really said was being intentional and taking risk. And if you are given everything money trouble, if you have an infinite amount of dollars to your disposal to use it, whatever you want, that's not risk. And frankly, you're not being very intentional either. That is just existing. That's just saying I'm going to buy whatever I want and do whatever I want. And there are really no consequences and woo. And I'll tell you right now, actually, I can't tell you because I've never gotten to live that way, but I'm assuming it gets boring at some point you get over it. There's nothing exciting going on there's, and then you start pushing it further and further. And then I don't know where that leads. I think you all probably know where some of it leads, but let's not make assumptions that everyone with money, you know, has this dark side, but you can just see for someone who wants more, it's not the worst thing that you're limited with dollars because it is going to force you to take some risks and to live intentionally. You're going to have to really decide what you invest in. You're going to have to make some investments and you're not sure if they're going to pay off But you just got to like get smarter about it. I mean, hell Andrew and I together are so fucking scrappy. Like my family tells me this all the time. I get this feedback all the time. And frankly, it's accurate. Okay. We are scrappy as hell. And the reason for it is because when we moved out to Los Angeles, blush was barely pooping out dollars. (laughs) I mean, she was trying, but it was hard. And Andrew took a job in the mailroom at a talent agency for $10 an hour. Yes. $10 an hour. And we were not being financially supported by anyone. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. My grandmother would sometimes send me like checks for a hundred dollars. Cause she would be like, I'm just nervous about them. And a hundred dollars was a huge, Oh my God. When we got those checks, I was like, let's go to Costco. <laughs> let's <laughs> buy a year's worth of onions. <laughs> it was like the biggest deal ever. Um, But yeah, I mean, we are really, really scrappy to the point where I just bought a kitchen faucet off of eBay the other day because I wasn't spending $700 on the one we needed. And I found it for a fifth, a sixth of the price. It was affordable. It was less than $200, okay? That's amazing. Right? And we wouldn't have taken the time. We wouldn't have put in the effort. We wouldn't have even known where to look or how to do it if we were used to just buying everything because money doesn't matter and we'll just get more tomorrow.
1: Yeah. And even, I mean, Carl and I just moved into this new house and I'm like creating an office space and I really wanted these barn doors and they were literally like $3,000 a piece. And Carl was like, dude, I'll just build that. Like we're not, we're not going to spend $3,000 per door, spend six grand, then have someone install them. Like, I'm just going to make it myself. And Yeah. And so he literally spent $300 on lumber, spent a weekend. We got to spend quality time together. He taught me things. He got to like use his creativity. Like it was such a cool thing for us to do to, I mean, let's be real. I didn't do shit except for like sit in the corner and be like, you're doing great, sweetie. keep like, up the good work. Um, but yeah, it was just so cool. And like, what could it, in, you know, what I would have just in the past, spent money on something and just had it and then put it like, now we're going to remember when we do have kids running around, like, Hey, your dad built those. Like, how cool is that? You know, yeah. like, it's just, I don't know. It just gives me all the good feels and good vibes.
0: Well, they're good lessons. They're, they're really good lessons. So you can actually tell your kids, like when you can't afford it, you can build it. There's all where there's a will. There's a way like yes, how much better instead of when you're out of money, call, call your daddy. You yeah. Know? That's not necessarily something that you really want to instill in people. And so money trouble, I'm gonna tell you my best piece of advice is to turn that resentment into pride and be really proud of yourself. You're you're obviously really smart. You got a full ride to college. You're not fucking around, okay? Oh my God, I learned a new phrase from RuPaul's down under. And it's, I'm not here to fuck spiders. I don't know (laughs) what it means. I don't really know what it means, but I want to start using it because I like it.
1: Not here to fuck spiders is hilarious. So, also, like ten out of ten on your accent. But thank I'm you. like very impressed. So soy good. It was soy good.
0: <laughs> so, but i'm I'm serious. my trouble, like I want you to start feeling a sense of pride because, we're doing assuming here. Maybe, okay, maybe you're friends with some fresh law school graduates that got a job at the best, you know, at Scadden in New York. Okay, fine. Yeah, they're making a shit ton of money and they can cover their law school debt if they have it and then have fun. Maybe you're in New York with some finance guys and they're making a lot of money. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, but my gut instinct is there's no way the entire landscape of 25 year olds that you're hanging out with are all just like killing it financially in their careers. Um, You're not looking at the full picture. And so you need to understand that by making these choices and by taking a risk with yourself, by putting yourself in a position where you've got a career that has a great growth trajectory. I mean, you're already saying if I stick it out, I'm going to get promoted and make more. It's like, hell yeah. You don't have college debt because you worked hard. Hell yeah. I mean, And you're clearly not loving the situation at hand and you're wanting some validation, as Elise said. So my best advice is to be proud of the road that you're going down and start trying to figure out how you want your life to look without the context of your friends. And maybe go find some like-minded people that would opt for a wine game night instead of a, you know, $500 bottle service night.
1: (laughs) That sounds so great. Like a night in with a bottle of wine and a game night and some pizza, like sign me up. Where do I, Where's that well,
0: get in a time machine and go back to 2014. And that was Andrews and I entire existence <laughs> for a year. And it was, it was funny because, you know, he, he's in the mail room making literally $10 an hour. I'm not exaggerating. And it was so clear as day as the kids that were like, let's go out to this nice restaurant. And I was looking at them and I was like, you have the same job. My husband does. You have no business going to that restaurant. And it was like, okay, noted either credit card debt, but probably not it's parents got mm-hmm. it. You're still on the payroll understood. And then some of his other friends were like, Oh my God, I think I have $10 to my name. If I bring you a bottle of wine next week, can I come over tonight and like, just hang out? Like, I, I swear I'll pay you back. And it's like, girl, there's two of us. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. We had not much to <laughs> not much between the two of us. Our rent took up the majority of our money. And then ugh, it was just, I don't want to think about it. I still walk by that apartment and I'm like, fuck you. fuck you." I'm <laughs> you I hated that entire phase of my life it was not fun um uh, but you know like we could identify the people who were struggling with us and and it's it is it was a little bit of misery loves company but it was more I want to feel understood mm-hmm. and I want to feel like this is normal like please tell me that we're not making our lives harder than they need to be which we definitely did and still are but like it just felt nice to not feel that pressure
1: yeah I don't think I she love has. that yeah. She needs that. Yeah. money yeah, trouble, yeah. Need it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just eat up everything Callie says. I'm like, my mind is always blown with your wisdom. I love it. <laughs> this is only because this letter is
0: hitting a, l- a little too close to home, just a little too close to home. I'm serious. I mean, that first apartment, when I tell you that I was excited for my twenties. 25th, 26th, I don't know, birthday, that my treat was I was making sweet potatoes that night. Like, that was a big deal, that I was going to make some sweet potatoes. And when I tell you that I woke up that morning of my birthday, and a mouse had eaten our potatoes. Shut the front door. That is a true story. And I was like, my life is terrible. (laughs) Like, I don't look back and say, and it wasn't that bad. It was fine. It was like, no, it was really it was awful. It was, it, was, it was really, really bad. <laughs> so much pressure. And of course with a business that we didn't know was going to squeak out or not blush, she was the little engine that could thank you for sticking in. And, you know, Andrew having to get out of that talent agency thing God. God, where the people were just. Amazing. <laughs> I'm
1: sure I'm sarcasm sure.
0: inserted. So it was a tough part. But I think the difference is, is that we did have each other to remind ourselves that the lives that we were seeing dance around us weren't normal. Yeah. And that was so helpful because otherwise I would have died in shame of not understanding why I was failing because that's what it felt like. It felt (laughs) like we were failing because we weren't being propped up by our daddy and our daddy's daddy and our daddy's daddy daddy. <laughs> and our daddy's daddy, daddy's daddy, daddy's daddy.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think that that's a really good perspective because I'm sure I, I can totally imagine how it would feel that way. But money trouble, you're not failing. No, nope. you're not. You're not out of the norm. This is very normal, and you know, welcome to adulthood. I just joined the club. It's fucking hard, <laughs> but so hard. we're making it.
0: It's honestly so hard. I still want my Mexican vacation. Maybe I'll get it, but I it's just like a really really tough go and again, the only thing I can say to get you out of this is you're going to have to redefine what normal is. So I love that you asked us and we are here to give you all of that. Yes, that's normal. And no, that's not normal, but you're going to have to decide what is normal and what is not. If you think that being 25 and going endless shopping and lots of restaurants and all of the manicures and the waxing and the highlights and the haircuts like constantly is normal. Okay. Well then I guess go find that life it's not the one you have, but you're going to have to figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. My advice is to decide something else is normal. That's what I yeah. think. And to decide these people are abnormal yes. and overhead them. I guess they won life's lottery by being born into wealth or privilege or whatever the hell is going on over there. Um, but that's that, I think that's the healthier decision because it's going to release that grip around your neck and allow you to figure out what you want your life to look like, what do you want to invest in as Elise said earlier and be intentional with all of that. But in the meantime, you're going to have to set boundaries, which just mm-hmm. sounds like, no, I can't make it. No, I've got a pass. No, I'm too tired. No, I can't afford it. No, I'm saving up for something else.
1: Right. You and know? I think that when you, you know, remove all of that fog in between, she's going to be able to like actually find joy in the life that she does have, you know, when you're, I feel like when you're constantly feeling like you have to keep up with everybody around you and what do you not have that Sally Joe has over there? It's like, it just gets to be hard, you know? So I think letting go of that expectation that you have or hope or standard is going to give you more peace about where you're at.
0: Yeah. I mean, Yeah, because I, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm making more money than I definitely ever have in my life. I mean, it's more than bartending money, you know, which is, which is saying, saying something. Um, and that's great. And I love it. And, but I still feel money pressure. I still, feel like oh my gosh okay I've still got to make more it's like it never totally ends especially when you do live in an expensive city mm-hmm. but I will tell you that when I first got to Los Angeles I was drinking a lot of two buck chuck okay any Trader Joe's fans and yes there? yes girl let me just say that I cook with that wine now and I <laughs> not drink it so it does get better <laughs>
1: I am dead. I, that was literally, I need that on a t-shirt. That was the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life.
0: That's my cooking wine. Oh, I love it. I love I mean, it. So I've, I've, I now drink the platinum <laughs> reserve.
1: So great. That was literally, I'm going to like giggle when I put my head down to sleep tonight, when I think of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's how I have to look at it. It's like, anytime I think that my life is still hard, I'm like, girl, at one point you were chugging that two buck chug pinot grigio. It's not that bad, you know, and a a mouse ate your birthday dinner. So (laughs) things have, things have gotten better. And, And I, and I do think that's my message to you. Things will not get better if you continue to let this social circle define life's milestones. Yes. I'm guaranteeing you that you're going to feel this way. And you are say, Oh my God, wait till you have kids as someone who is not a mother. I cannot even fathom the financial pressure parents face. Mm -hmm. their kids wearing certain things or having Mm -hmm. certain things going to certain camps or daycares or private school oh my god I'm not gonna lie I'm not looking forward to that part at all and Andrew and I are gonna have to once again be intentional whenever that day comes to make sure that we have a community I mean that's gonna that's probably gonna be my gay friends and who like don't maybe maybe I have the quintuplets and they each get a kid and then we we all go through it together (laughs) but we're gonna have to be intentional about who we surrounded ourselves with and making sure that we remain grounded otherwise i guarantee you we're gonna feel like we're failing as parents because our kids aren't in the most expensive whatever school and they're not wearing best shoes and yep wow Mm. i just got a lot of anxiety for (laughs) Uh, we're gonna be okay See, so sometimes maybe maybe this doesn't ever fully go away. I don't know. Elise, what are your remaining thoughts? Do you have any more words of wisdom?
1: I mean, I hope that we just like normalize things for her and that she feels like she does have people in her corner who can get it and who can empathize to some degree or another, you know? So money trouble, you're not alone. You're not abnormal. You're doing just fine. I think like someone telling you like, you're doing a good job. You know, like sometimes we need that reminder. So let this be that for you.
0: Yeah, I think you have all the pieces in place to live a really accomplished and successful and exciting life. Yes. Um, but again, if you give that control and that power into people that maybe don't have the same stakes that you mm-hmm. do, meaning there are no stakes when you have an endless supply of cash. Yeah. They just gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've got stakes, you've got something to work towards, you've got something to work for. And I think that's exciting. And I think that's such a fun opportunity to have and you've really knocked it out of the park so far. I mean, again, no student debt, living in your dream city, a job with a lot of, um, you know, room for growth. I mean, that's what dreams are made of. Yeah. Not having money for the nice restaurant opening down the street, like, I'm sorry, I just don't feel bad for you, you know? And, and I remember that feeling. I remember wanting to do those things. And the word entitlement comes to mind. And that's what I had to, had to tell myself when I was that age. It's like, you're mm-hmm. acting entitled. Get a grip. Yeah. Like sometimes like life isn't always going to be going to every little thing that you want to do or following every win that you get. Sometimes you just have to be an adult and like make good decisions so that you can earn these beautiful things.
1: Yes. I love that.
0: Mm. That was a good pep talk for myself. I know me too. I'm like <laughs> literally
1: taking notes on the side of like writing like, all of this down.
0: You sure dish it out can you take it lady? <laughs> I love it. I, I didn't take it. Um, okay. This was fun. Many trouble. I hope I didn't beat you up too much. Um, but really just give it some thought, practice some boundaries. I think you need a little bit of time of self exploration. And I think you need to give yourself a hell of a lot more credit. So that's where I'm at. Um, if you relate to money trouble, boy, do I have a promo code for you? <laughs> Save those dollars. Um, you cannot order blush off eBay, even though <laughs> if you could, I probably would set it up to. But use code um bless you all caps, ladies, for twenty five percent off your first month. You can come work with a life coach to go through all of these uncomfortable feelings be validated, feel normalized, all the stuff. And then of course, if you're going through something that might be uncomfortable or even embarrassing or confusing, um, or just you just want, you know, our advice on it, write into bless you at joinblush.com and we will be happy to read your letter and to give you our thoughts. Yes. Um, we really appreciate you guys writing in. We really appreciate all
1: of the details. We love it all. We love you guys so much. Nothing is off limits here at Bless You. We want all the juicy stories and all the taboo topics. So
0: give it to us. I uh, agree. Okay, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.